0: From F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming,
1: this is Missile Minutia, the official podcast of the 90th Missile Wing and the Wranglers of F.E. Warren. Here are your hosts.
2: Hello there, Team Warren, and welcome back to the podcast. After a little bit of a hiatus from us, we are back with a special guest. My name is Glenn Robertson, and with me I've got Tech Sergeant Tyler Placey, also with the Public Affairs Office. Our special guest today is the new Vice Commander of the 90th Missile Wing, Colonel Dean Conowitz. He's just arrived from Washington, D.C., and we took about 30 minutes to talk to him about what the mighty 90 Wranglers can expect from him over the course of the next two years. Colonel Conowitz, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, things like where you're from, family life, your early family life, where you went to school, commissioning, anything you want to do, what built you?
0: Thank you. Uh, Thanks again for this opportunity. Um, so I was uh, born in Australia, um, a little town in the Australian Outback about eight, eight hours west of Sydney. A cattle ranch account, so very similar to the Wyoming environment, um, and the town's name was Warren. So uh, very similar wow. to, uh, to where we are here today at F.E. Warren Air Force Base. Uh, my parents were both Americans and teachers over there in the uh, the 1970s, trying to raise the, the Australian education system. It was a 3 pronged approach the Australians were using bring in American teachers, send Australian teachers to America to get educated, um, and then revamping their entire system, and they were part of that. Um, parents uh, took me back to New Jersey when I was pretty young, for a really short stint, and then became uh, teachers and dogs overseas. So I spent most of my childhood um, in Wurmburg, Germany, from 78 uh, to 88, 10 years, uh, pretty formative. Um, played soccer growing up there, and I to speak German in women's schools for a while and, uh, and traveled all over Europe with my father who was a God's wrestling coach um, so I had the opportunity to go to every American military base throughout Europe as a, as a kid um, and so I definitely have a, a European identity by the nature of where I live but also close ties to uh, the military um, where all the kids would come through for three-year assignments I was the kid who always was there and uh, I never moved. In 1988 we uh, came back to the United States and I had my really first chance to live in America. Um, just as the Berlin Wall was coming down, so I had a very Cold War experience uh, while I was living overseas. And My parents took me on some fantastic adventures um, uh, through, through Russia, through the Soviet Union at the time. We took the Trans-Siberian across uh, from Vladivostok all the way across to uh, St. Petersburg and Moscow during the Cold War. Uh, we spent the summer in Hungary. Uh, during the Cold War behind the Iron Curtain, and then really got a chance to see um, two different worlds that, that uh, understand from strategic context. Um, but for me, that was a very real part of my childhood. Uh, coming back to the States, my mom was from uh, Massachusetts, my dad from Jersey, and uh, so we decided to settle in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Um, it was a place that we would occasionally come back in summers to be exposed to America as kids. and. Um, but soon after I got there, my parents, both public school teachers, um, lifelong educators, um, gave me the opportunity to go to a boarding school. Um, and that was really a chance to, um, to be everything that they thought I could be in terms of uh, an athlete, um, a student, um, and really gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. So I went to a, a small boarding school in Massachusetts, a Taylor academy. Um, it was a naval honor school. Um, they had direct um, nominations to the academies. Um, It was co-ed. Those of you who are wondering, it wasn't Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was a a fantastic opportunity to mix with students from around the country and around the world um, and get a a pretty unique experience as a 14 to 18 years old. Um, It was pretty formative. um, Had an opportunity there to to wrestle, run cross country, um, play lacrosse, and ultimately was uh, recruited to play lacrosse at the Air Force Academy and that was a chance to uh, ironically head west for the first time. I had been all over the world, but I had never been west of the Mississippi. So at 18, um, I uh, went to Colorado Springs, uh, crossed the Mississippi River for the first time in my life, and I think it took me about uh, three days during basic training to finally look up and realize there were mountains. (laughs) Uh, Getting yelled at and uh, dealing with those uh, early days of uh, introduction to the military. my, my parents, though, uh, not just teachers, but also coaches. I think I mentioned my father was a wrestling coach. And so a, a formative part of what he taught me um, and gave me that foundation was that um, life is a struggle, and uh, don't, don't try to avoid that struggle. Um, and I think wrestling is, one of, is a unique sport because um, it's a team sport, but it's also an individual sport, and there's nothing uh, that illustrates that struggle more than going out. As a young person on a wrestling that all alone getting a belt hit. Um, <laughs> that, that will shape who you are and also teach you a lot about um, failure, but resiliency. Sure. Um, about uh, struggling as an individual, but yet still having to try to accomplish something for a team. Um, the other part that was formative of my childhood is my parents, uh, much of their uh, time teaching was with autistic children and young um, kids who were disadvantaged. Um, special ed, but also economically disadvantaged. And what they taught me was to, I never give up on my fellow human being, And I think that's a powerful message from leadership and we'll hear that echoed throughout uh, my view of leadership. Um, Cadma was of course a formative time. Um, It's a, uh, as as anyone who's gone through basic training or entered into the military, it's a behavior modification program. And um, we all come out uh, different, hopefully a little better. Uh, had a fantastic experience there uh, not just playing lacrosse but meeting some of the the best friends um, in my lifetime and uh, i I often say that um, the academy taught me everything i needed to know about the air force and then uh, as i graduated subsequently forgot it all (laughs) i had to relearn it (laughs) over the last 20 years uh, since but uh, no that's a that's a slice of who i am Um, i do have uh, a younger brother and younger sister my um, younger younger a sisters uh, director of admissions out at Santa Clara University in California. And my younger brother is a Huey pilot in the Air Force. So we've had the unique opportunity to uh, be stationed together here at the 90th Ops Group years ago. Um, we also had an opportunity to both uh, be in Alabama at the same time at two different bases, but pretty close by. Um, and then most recently, he's was a fuel pilot out at Andrews while I was at the Petman. So um, pretty unique opportunity to cross paths with a sibling to share uh, similar Air Force experience. Um, And then on to my own personal family, Um, married to my wife Carrie um, for a little over 15 years now. uh, We actually met here at F.E. Warren Air Force Base in the uh, building 34. So for all of you defenders out there, um, that used to be the ops group and defenders were part of it. Uh, So we met upstairs. If you go up the stairs and to the left, the old 319 Vista and that is where my wife and I have the, uh, the great pleasure of, of meeting for the first time. Um, and I have two, uh, two beautiful daughters, uh, Natalie and Isabella, 12 and 14 years old, who have uh, just been awesome uh, great supporters of, uh, of our time in the Air Force. And I think we're just a, an Air Force family that's gone all in years ago. So that, that's who, uh, who I am in the basics and uh, the
1: answers. And Yes. Sir. Is 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 your wife originally from from the Cheyenne area or no?
0: She's actually from uh, Southern California, but um, her parents up and moved to Montana, a small town south of Missoula, where she was in high school. Um, so uh, I think she calls somewhere between California and Montana, and then went to college at University of Portland, so sort um, Northwest. And gotcha. uh, she's definitely. Uh, a Rocky Mountain Broncos
1: fan. Okay. Do you echo that sentiment in being a Broncos fan?
0: I, I'm actually a, a New England Patriots fan. So uh, my, my mom uh, won that battle. My dad's a Yankees and Giants fan, but so <laughs> my first experiences were with the Patriots, Red Sox, and um, that New England spirit.
1: And uh, to this day. I, I feel like at least the Red Sox is a better choice. I'm not 100% sold on the, on the <laughs> Patriots choice, but.
2: But you know, at least, You know that he was a fan of that team before 2000.
0: I did. I I was a a fan. I had some heartbreaking moments. Um, In 85, loss to the Bears. In 96, loss to the Packers. Um, Red Sox, of course, most of my childhood was a bunch of disappointments. And to watch my dad on the couch in uh, 86, jumping up and down for the Red Sox, as Bill Buckner watched the ball go through his legs. Painful, painful. But I stuck with him. And uh, the last 20 years has
1: been... uh, Pretty fruitful, I would have to say. two decades. even (coughs) some
0: UMass in your time. Yes, I had some uh, great, great runs, and uh, it's a quiet parade. My my parents actually both went to the University of Massachusetts. Really? um, During the days of when Dr. J was their their star player. Um, So he was, uh, yes, uh, very proud of my New England uh, upbringing. uh, Sure. No doubt um, there are, uh, in terms of section of the country where folks in the military are from, New England is not. So I take my share of, uh, and for <laughs> for <being laughs> I've,
1: I've learned the same thing being an Ohio State fan, even though there are a lot of them. The Ohio. State if, fan. absolutely <laughs> you can't miss the. <laughs> theme. But uh, as I've gone through, I've realized as they are more successful, which the Patriots have been, as they're more successful, I get more crap.
2: That's true. Myself having gone to the University of Florida, there's ties between our two schools, and some of it being, you know, the the 41 14 victory, and then some of it being. you know stealing our coach so you know there's uh there's there's some there's some history there but I don't know
1: if you know this sir but he was at Ohio State long before
2: (laughs) (laughs) so let's shift gears a little bit although I would love to talk more uh about sports with you I could do that all day what do you think about CFD I mean obviously we've kind of missed a year here but from what I understand you've kind of got a pass with the Shine Frontier Days how do you plan on getting involved when we restart the daddy of the mall
0: no, it's a, uh, thank you. That's a, a great question. I've, um, I do have a deep passion for Cheyenne Frontier Days. Uh, this summer would have been my 11th one on ACME <laughs> participating in. Um, I have. Uh, I, I think it's just a, a fantastic community event. And not just an event, it's really part of the Cheyenne culture. It's part of the, the base culture. Um, sure. Of course, everyone knows this base grew up uh, hand in hand with the city of Cheyenne and the state of Wyoming. Um, it, it, is a, it captures that rugged individualism that we celebrate here in the West, um, but it also celebrates uh, a community because uh, throughout the history of the West, while we, we so often focus on that rugged individualism, survival really meant uh, communities coming together. Sure. Um, and so CFD is more than just a rodeo. Um, like all sports, I, I love watching the rodeo, I love being part of it. Um, but it's uh, it's a community celebration, and it has uh, deep ties with historical. I mean it expands beyond uh, just Wyoming, uh, for those of you who've been here before, where, uh roughly a quarter million folks come into town, It <laughs> brings people together, um, whether it's uh, the music, or the fun that the kids have, um, the carnival pieces, but then just all of the other elements that come together, from the paddle drive to the coronation ball. Um, so I have participated in Frontier Days in numerous ways. i picked up trash after concerts late at night. I have showed up early in the morning to uh, work burrito stands for the for actually the folks you know, in the rodeo to get their breakfast. Uh, I've sold beer and margaritas and every other drink you could imagine. Um, and I've also uh, had the opportunity to um, Help build structure and lead uh, the coronation ball, and we've held that coronation uh, ball at a series of, uh, at various different locations throughout Cheyenne, from uh, Frontier Park um, to the Holiday, what used to be the Holiday Inn on I Eighty, to uh, one of the most historic ranches just uh, on the, the southeastern part of town, um, and coronation ball is pretty unique to the ops group it was something the ops group and ATV had always run but it also was the kickoff to the entire frontier days so that's what kept the community uh, brought the community together and got them pretty jazzed um, i'm hoping in the, in the next uh, few years while i'm here i can engage um, and continue to, to learn from the community be part of frontier days um, across the board um, what i'm learning coming back is that um, just when you think you've seen it all. There's another element or there's another piece of it and nothing is stagnant here. It continues yeah. to grow. Frontier Park has expanded so I'm excited to get over there and see what's been added but I'm also looking forward to getting a better understanding about where this uh, city is going and no doubt there'll be some lessons coming out of COVID. Um, of course we all hope next year um, is back to normal but uh, I suspect but the elements that will have to uh, be created and innovative in terms of how we make sure we have a fantastic on
1: anniversary uh, that year. I did just see that they're starting the 365 to 125. Yep, yep. The, the slogan that's coming through. You mentioned uh, cleaning up after concerts. In the 11 times you've been to CFD, What is your favorite concert that you've been able to attend? I have have
0: to say um, my favorite was by far uh, Willie Nelson.
2: Um, Awesome. Well, heck yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) Enough
0: said. uh, We've had some great acts here over the years, but um, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, um, those are just legends, and to have the opportunity to see them in a small concert venue, um, to be within earshot and to be able to almost touch the stage. Sure. Um, it, yeah, even, that, even as a young lieutenant, I recognize, hey, this is, this is pretty cool. That's sure. part of like, the community.
2: Sure. So, so um, I understand that you saw Johnny live then. Yes. That's incredible. Speaking of live, uh, I don't know if you both saw the announcement of who's going to be performing in next year's.
1: I have not yet. I haven't either.
2: Garth Brooks. He announced. Yeah, he this the CFD folks just announced uh, yesterday afternoon. They've been holding the secret for a while, um, and he and he posted his own video saying, "I'm looking forward to seeing you for the 125th." So, well, that's
1: um, uh, I would almost turn down orders for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, two quick notes on that one: uh, the Johnny Cash reference, of course, for those uh, uh, folks across the room who don't know it. But Johnny Cash is an Air Force veteran, served in the 1950s over in Germany, um, and on the Garth Brooks front. Uh, super excited for next summer then, but the last time I saw Garth Brooks live was at McNichols Arena in Denver in 1996, Uh, right before we tore it down, those of you who uh, are new to the Front Range, uh, we've worked uh, as the Pepsi Center now, Mm -hmm. Um, but back in the day um, it was McNichols and it was one of the final concerts held there, uh, awesome event, so looking forward to next summer. That's pretty
2: great. The first time I saw Garth was at the Pepsi Center in
1: 2015. (laughs) Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Garth Brooks. Is that, is country music what you're you're prone to listen to? Or is it a? You know, I'm a pretty eclectic uh, when it comes to music. Um, I
0: grew up um, listening to a lot more classic rock. So, uh, you know, as a kid growing up up, playing the piano, Billy Joel was a a favorite. but then later in life, got into everything from Pink Floyd and uh, Led Zeppelin to um, you know. But I'm a, a fan of the '80s. Um, I enjoy my share of uh, R&B and sure. uh, grew up with some some rap in the, the, the '90s that sure. uh, I love to this day. And I've had uh, an opportunity to grow into country music. You, you come out west, and it's just kind of part of that sure. uh, you take on. And uh, it's just around. It is.
1: You have to take it in because it's around.
0: And when you get a chance to to see music live, regardless of the genre, I think it gives you a new appreciation. Sure. And the amount of uh, talent and effort, uh, but also the energy that it brings.
1: uh, Sure. I've always looked at that as like, maybe I don't enjoy this the most, but I do enjoy seeing someone that's passionate about what they're doing. And that live music brings it out of everyone, even the fans. Absolutely.
2: So we've, we've talked about music, we've talked about sports. We got to do a little bit of professional stuff. It's, it's just kind. of, I mean, we got to do a little bit. So do we have to? <laughs> well, I, I suppose we <laughs> should. Um, what goals do you have personally, professionally, while you're stationed here with us at the 90th Missile Wing? Well,
0: on a, on a personal level, um, it's an it's an awesome opportunity for my wife and I to come back west when you were here last. Our daughters were pretty young, um, and so really, I'm thrilled uh, to share that western experience with them um, we love the outdoors um, we love cfd we love being back uh, close to my own water the air force academy and so all of those pieces and elements i would love to expose my daughters to um, We love to go hunting and fishing uh, we love skiing as a family um, and so because uh, you know childhood goes by pretty quickly um, there's nothing more of a parent you want than to share some of those passions with of your kids so on a personal level i think that's my that's my goal is to make sure we embrace um, everything the west has to offer and, and we try to do that wherever we can station like a lot. but um, as much as we take advantage of like wherever we're at um, it is also awesome to back to where we, we truly want to be truly uh, sure. conservative about that i want to on on a professional level um, I learn constantly from the folks I work with. In the Pentagon, it was a uh, unique and challenging experience, but I am so excited to be back in this room, um, where I can learn and see all the changes that occurred in the last five, six years, and where I can learn. Uh, My my biggest goal is to get out and meet as many Airmen, uh, officers, civilians, uh, NCOs as I possibly can. And and I'd be amazed uh, with each interaction I have, how much uh, passion is out there, how much I can learn from uh, others. Uh, so from a professional goal, that, that's really where it's at for me, is uh, how can I uh, not just uh, get out and meet folks, but try to really make a difference in their lives, uh, with the get uh, the opportunities that I can afford uh,
1: to give them and, uh, and to help them become better leaders and contributors, not just to our first but to our society. So when you're, when you're going out and, and meeting folks, and uh, and passing on those those leadership styles or those those attributes that would uh, lead folks to be better leaders and, and, and be more effective within within the Air Force and, and society, what what are you gonna tell them? So I'll bring the conversation back to where we uh, talked earlier and um, that's sports. Um, so
0: I grew up as an athlete and my dad was a coach and I think uh, when we look at, uh, you know, one of Colonel Benetti's uh, three priorities is building teams. Um, and sports, I think, teaches us something really important in life that few other things do. And, and this is tied this is kind of military history. Like, right? General MacArthur, who's a superintendent at West Point, created what we know now as the NCAA. Because he understood that having been a veteran of wars, that there were few activities in life. Um, that created an opportunity to develop folks in a dynamic environment and a competitive environment that would most emulate rural uh, or prepare a population for rural in sports. And so um, taking that one step further, the coaching piece. We too often, I, I love mentoring. I think mentoring is important, but I think coaching is more important. Um, and coaching gets to the everyday. Um, and coaching, I think, is uh, to of we we'll use a, a negative word here that people right? And that's micromanagement. People hate to be <laughs> micromanaged. But I think micromanagement um, from a leadership piece is actually missing the team and coaching part of it. Um, it. It is a word that is about the culture and environment, not about the act itself. Because uh, you know, we've talked about uh, just recently about the New England Patriots. So the New England Patriots isn't really any NFL system. You have Bill Belichick as a coach, you have Tom Brady on, out on the field, every down Tom Brady is putting his hands over his ears and Bill Belichick is micromanaging. He's actually not micromanaging, he's coaching But But the frame of the way you look at that uh, word is depending on the environment that's created. So when you have a coaching and a team environment, um, you don't feel like you're being micromanaged, you feel like you're being coached. And sometimes that coaching is very detailed and in the moment, sometimes it's very directed. when you understand you're part of a team, um, you don't see it. That way. And what does Tom Brady turn around to do, and what I'm sure Cam Newton will, will do this next year, is he'll turn around in the huddle and he'll give very specific direction. Um, and when the receiver doesn't run that route, he'll correct it. And these are folks who are at the top of their game. They are professionals. And they are being coached down to the millisecond, down to the specific detail, and they're not offended by it. And so when I hear someone say I'm being micromanaged, it's not the way the data is being pushed that bothers me. It's that the environment probably doesn't exist for them to be part of the team. And the information that the person who is pushing it to them is probably they're not seeing them as a coach. And so it's a different way to frame the same issues. And coaching comes with, and this is uh, part of my leadership style too, is I think love is an important piece of this. But love, whether it's uh, love for parents, for the kids, or a coach for a team, um, there's tough love. There are times that uh, being tough and disciplined uh, is actually making a difference, uh, not just maybe today, but down the road of changing someone's life for the better. Um, So those are a couple of the ways I see the world. Um, Sports has a huge influence in on that, um, but I I think there is a connected piece there uh, to leadership sure. Um, There's a couple of other notes I just want to pass on about, um, I guess, just to understand how I approach leadership. Um, I think empathy is a huge component of um, leadership and walking in other folks' shoes. And so to the, to the Cheyenne community, especially here at the One community, um, part of what I try to do is take myself back to what was it like for me to be a lieutenant here at F.E.U.N.? What was it like for me to be a major here at and I think uh, when I look back on those experiences, um, I, I lived in Fort Collins as a young, as a young officer. I've lived downtown Cheyenne. I've owned a home in the community. I've rented the community. I've lived on base before. Um, mm-hmm. went to grad school at Laramie and, and did the commute over there. Um, I think as I look back, and I was thinking through this this past week, kind of stepping foot on this base again, I've kind of lived a whole series of experiences that I think many of our folks lived. Um, and there's no right one or wrong one but i also want to remind folks we are shaped by our environment and as humans we often think we dominate our environment but it actually subconsciously shapes us more than we think um, and so as i've done some reflecting i realized how much this community and this environment this space, has shaped me um, and with that i have probably inherent bias i like it here. Um, but I also recognize that that, uh, that struggle to understand a new culture, um, I was not from out west, um, took time. And so I think it's really important for leaders, um, not just in terms of the environment where people are living, but for being part of the Air Force, to give folks time to grow and mature um, and gain that understanding. That is not instantaneous. And so when you have empathy for someone else, um, looking back on your own experience, if, you, if it took time for you to grow and mature and learn, and make sure we're giving spoke, uh, folks that safe space uh, to do the same um, one other note on, on leadership that i'm passionate about is um is happiness um, i tell my daughters this all the time and i tell hey, you know, them i cannot make folks happy in fact i don't even try um it, that happiness is an internal thing and if, if as a as a leader whether you're leading a team coaching a team or commanding the unit or being a first-line supervisor. If you are pursuing trying to make people happy, you will fail. Um, it is not the way to go. What I would encourage folks to do is look towards our core values. Pursue excellence. Demand excellence of folks. And what I found is when folks rise, when our team members rise to excellence, they come to be happy. And that is where I think we should put to so Those are a couple of... Uh, of how I see the world. Um, the last part I guess I would be from a leadership standpoint is that character. Um, how you treat someone who can do nothing for you, I think says speaks volumes about your character. And uh, If we could all at the world through that lens and take care of folks even when they're maybe not part of our team, we um, can't advance our career, I can't make a difference in our life, um, but them with kindness, respect, dignity, um, I think, do
1: our
2: community, our base, our force, our
1: world. Our sure. Wise words. Absolutely.
2: So I'm going to do another gear shift, but I want to bring together some of the things you've talked about sports, some of the things that you've talked about at your alma mater, and some of the things you just mentioned about grad school and being in Wyoming. How do you reconcile, from a sports standpoint, the fact that you went to grad school you UW and you went to undergrad at the academy, and they're both in the same conference.
0: How do you tow that line, sir? It it is a tough one. Um, Some days uh, it's a difficult uh, who you cheer for at a football game over at Laramie um, or down at the academy. Um, But other times, uh, as you know, within conferences, um, there's conference pride too. And uh, so there are years where Wyoming basketball has been it's been fantastic and it's hard not to cheer for it and there are other years where an academy team uh, is on top um, and it just uh, it, it kind of shakes out pretty easily uh, and uh, I love, love going over to Laramie to watch wrestling matches, um, to see the football team uh, beat up on some, uh, some big big uh, state schools from around the country um, and you know, I think ultimately when it comes down to it though, when it comes down to it too, you have to go back to your roots. Um, those formative years, so uh, I ultimately I think end up cheering for the Academy against Wyoming. Um but that's not to say that the that is
1: Just wanna see a competitive game. Everybody do Absolutely. well and the Academy end up winning like this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> So I think we've kinda gotten to the point where we could probably start wrapping this up, sir. Um is there anything that you'd like to add or tell the Wranglers of the Mighty 90? Parting shot or anything like that?
0: No, I just look forward to uh, getting out and meeting each of you. Um, please, anytime you see me out and about, whether I'm uh, raking leaves in my front yard or out riding my bike around base, uh, out in the community at large or in your unit, or if you happen to be up in the front office uh, in the head building, um, come up, chat, I'd love to hear your story. I think uh, every earning story is important. Um, I believe deeply in uh, leadership at the individual level. Um, and I hope uh, to, to learn a ton from you all. Um, also looking forward to just being part of this amazing team. Um, i think been kind of the heaviest set an environment here. Uh, for folks to be really successful and innovative. Um, and also to be, uh, to be part of that team. So you'll hear me say team and coaching. And all these sports references over and over again, as you can tell from Cindy, is pretty uh, formative in my life. Um, but I think it's something all of us can relate to. Um, so I'd love to hear about who you're cheering for. I'd love to take the ribbing on uh, how you think <laughs> Cam Newton's gonna do this year. And I'd uh, uh, love to hear about um, uh, where you all come from and uh, not just that, but what are, what are your struggles going back and how I started this conversation. Um, life, life is a struggle that's okay. Um, you're not alone, we are here together. I'm um, looking forward to, uh, to making each one of you better. And I've uh, if we can each do that. We have two missions here in the world. Two, two jobs to do as one One, get the mission done. You get that done with, uh, with excellence. Um, and, and part of our mission here is a no fail mission. Um, the second part is to build our replacements. Um, and if we're not doing one, we should be doing the other. We should be doing the other uh, with all of our energy and passion. Um, and my, one of my core leadership principles is to care more about other people's careers than they are. And with every leader in the with that, I think you'd see just some amazing development in leadership development. So, with that, um, just proud to be a Wrangler, proud to be back here in the American West, hard, proud to be part of the Cheyenne community. Uh, and uh, I, I do uh, hope to see you out and about on the slopes and a passionate skier so if you're looking to get up the mountains cross country downhill doesn't matter um, if not uh on
1: awesome thank you so much for taking time to come out and talk with us today and i'm sure we'll see you around
2: perfect thank you sir appreciate it well folks that's our show thank you again to colonel konowitz for taking the time to come talk to us we appreciate all of you tuning in The podcast will be back again next week. If there is something that you'd like us to track down, some folks that you'd like us to talk to on Missile Minutia, feel free to shoot us an email at 90mw.pa at us.af.mil, and we will see what we can do. Thanks again for tuning in, and take care.